Hello and welcome to episode number 115 of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm your host, Chris Tripodi, and joining me, as he does on all of our shows, is Mr. Tony Pauline, and we are recording live from our rental car outside of the indoor practice facility at the University of South Alabama. Practices were moved inside today due to some rain. It's not pouring out, but still understandable that they'd move it inside. At the very least, they let the media in this year, which will allow us to bring you observations from practice. Tony, how'd you feel about the different uh, kind of perspective we got today? It was a bit bizarre. Actually, it was like the olden days. And when I say the olden days, uh, when I first started coming to the Senior Bowl in 2000, literally from about 2000 to maybe 2012, uh, the practices were on the high school field. So it was the same situation where, you, you know, you got uh, a level playing. You could get on the field and go up and down the sidelines to watch everything. Uh, so it, it kind of brought me back to that. In fact, I said to Les Bowen, a Philadelphia writer for the Eagles or a writer from Philadelphia who writes for the Eagles, we joked about how it was like the olden days going back and forth up and down the sidelines. But other than that, I mean, doing this podcast in this car is a bit bizarre, and it's not even raining out anymore. In fact, it looks like the sun's going to come out, so who knows? Yeah, it's a bit awkward. We have the mic you know, in between here by the parking brake, but we're making it work, and we want to do what we can to bring you guys a show. Understand that being that we were not up in the stands, it was very difficult to see things that we were not watching. So I did not see much outside of line play, linebackers. Tony did not see much of line play. So we're going to be kind of going each person on certain positions, not much to add from the other person. But we'll start with the quarterbacks, Tony. Obviously, it's been the Jordan Love story all week. Did that continue today? And did we see any improvement from Anthony Gordon and Shea Patterson? I thought actually this was the weakest practice of the, of the week for uh, Jordan Love. He was solid, but he had a bad interception. He was off on his throws. I kind of noticed a hitch in his uh, delivery on occasion. It wasn't a poor day. I just thought that Monday was spectacular. Tuesday was solid, and I thought that this was the worst day of the week. This was hands down the best practice for Shea Patterson of Michigan. I mean, he really elevated his game. Uh, What I saw today reminded me of when he played at Mississippi as a sophomore back in 2017. He was on the mark with with most of his throws, or a good number of his throws, not all of his throws, through some great corner patterns, really did a good job hitting receivers in stride, something he hasn't done the past two days. I thought it was a slightly improved day for Anthony Gordon. He seemed better. He seemed to be better with his timing, seemed to be better with his delivery and getting the ball to receivers. Also didn't show a lot of hesitation in his game. As far as the running backs were concerned, a little bit different because they really didn't run, uh, run the ball too much. It was more of a passing day. Jermichael Hasty shows a lot of explosion. He runs behind his pads. He's very quick. Josh Kelly didn't have the same uh, practice that he did on Monday uh, running the ball, but he made a phenomenal catch down the left sideline. Uh, for what would have been a 25-30 yard pickup. Uh, Kelly has absolutely helped himself. Darius Anderson, great ball carrier, shows the ability to quickly cut back against the grain without losing much momentum. Think about Darius Anderson is he had a real bad drop uh, of a screen pass in uh, in scrimmage. Basically, they almost put the ball in his hands and he dropped it. So that's not going to go over well with scouts. Now, Tony, we'll move over to the pass catchers here. Obviously, James Prochet is a guy we've been talking about all week. Same goes for Denzel Mims out of Baylor and K.J. Hill out of Ohio State. Now, I saw a couple things. K.J. Hill made a ridiculous one-handed catch over the middle of the field. Denzel Mims made some plays as well. Then, obviously, when we're talking about the tight ends, the guy everybody's been talking about is Adam Troutman. We didn't see Sean McKeon out there. Not sure if he was practicing. We just didn't see him or if there was an injury or something like that to take him off the field. But, Tony, break down the pass catchers and what you saw today. Let's start with the receiver. 
receivers. It was, again, a very strong day for Denzel Mims, James Prochet, and K.J. Hill. Mims is just terrific using his hands uh, to, to separate from opponents. He shows great hand punch. On one play, he knocked the defensive back uh, off the ball and basically onto his rear end. Uh, on one play, he did get called for what would be offensive uh, pass interference, so he's got to be careful of the way he uses his hand sometimes. But he was able to get separation. He plays with great body control, caught everything thrown in his way, made it thrown his way, made a couple of nice receptions in the end zone where he had to get skyward and basically adjust to the errand throw. Uh, you talked about the, uh, the the reception from uh, KJ Hill, but he was he was consistent. He was running good routes. He was getting separation. He didn't, you know, you talk about that one great catch, but he made a lot of just general ordinary catches didn't have any drops that I saw James Brochet again I put out on Twitter he is the best route runner I've seen here he is ex- he is so quick he gets separation opponents cannot stay with him in or out of breaks the problem with Brochet is he just doesn't have great speed as far as the tight ends are concerned Adam Troutman really wasn't targeted too much what I was impressed with was his quickness off the line. He immediately gets off the snap in the blocks, or he immediately gets off the snap into his routes, ran solid routes, uh, was able to separate from opponents, did, did a good job today, although he was quiet compared to the first two days where he was fantastic. I thought uh, Bryson Hopkins had a good game, very athletic. I thought Bryson Hopkins was improved today compared to what he showed the first two days. He really seems to be putting that athleticism uh, turning it into football ability. And Charlie Tamapeo also had a solid day uh, catching the ball. Nothing fantastic, but he looked good. Let's talk about a couple other receivers that I saw today. Uh, Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool is a big-bodied wideout who may have to uh, change positions, put on 10 pounds, and become a move tight end. He catches the ball well, but he's going to tr- have trouble separating at the next level. Courtney Davis of Texas A&M. Very quick, very explosive, but also very inconsistent catching the ball. It was a solid day for Ant- Antonio Gandy-Golden. Nothing different from the past two days that he's shown, but I, I think Gandy-Golden has improved his draft stock here. Michael Pittman did not play today. He was dressed in sweats walking up and down the sidelines. And we'll move on here to the offensive line before we take a break and go to the defensive side of the ball. And one guy that I made it a point to watch today because everybody else is talking about Josh Jones out of Houston. We've mentioned him a couple times on the show, and we've mentioned how he hasn't stood out. Well, today, he absolutely stood out. He was matched up very often with Jason Strobridge, a guy we've talked about on the show who has had an excellent week. And Josh Jones got the best out of Strobridge on almost every single rep they went against each other. Jones also did a very good job against the other defenders here on the North team as well. Really does a great work using his hands to control opponents. He's got quick feet once he's engaged that he's able to use to mirror defenders and keep them in front of him and stay between his quarterback and the defenders. A couple times he got too high in his stance, but when he stays low, he has excellent power, and there were multiple defensive linemen on the ground when he was blocking. It was also an excellent day for Jonah Jackson out of Ohio State. Much like I said about Josh Jones, very quick feet to mirror opponents when he's engaged, when he's not engaged. He played a lot of center today as well as guard. He did a nice job moving defenders off their spot to open holes in the run game, showed a solid anchor, and when they were running stunts and twists. He did a nice job keeping his head on a swivel and really making sure he was able to pick up defenders. So it was an excellent day from Jonah Jackson. Another good day from Ben Bredesen of Michigan. Did some nice work at the second level, getting there, sealing linebackers, really allowing 
running backs to make plays and make big plays to get to the third level and into the secondary. Very strong, controlling Neville Gallimore at the line of scrimmage, which has been a struggle for a lot of offensive linemen this week. So another strong day from Ben Bredesen, who really, really helped himself in Mobile. A couple guys who struggled, Charlie Heck, just really slow feet, doesn't move very well, and this has been kind of the story of his week here in Mobile. So Charlie Heck has not had a strong week, neither has Nick Harris, still losing too much ground, still not anchoring soon enough. A guy that, out of the Pac-12, a lot of people liked him. There were some people that thought he was one of the top centers in the draft, but after this week, he would be moving down a lot of boards. He did not have a, a strong week. Colton McKivitz, again, more of the same. Strong hands, good guy there, but still a bit quick, or sorry, I should say slow to the edge. Catching rushers too deep. Anchors when he does, but just not a guy who's going to protect outside. A small area guy who's going to have to play most likely on the right side. We're going to get to the defensive side of the ball in just a moment here. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully launched the greatest below-the-belt hair trimmer ever created. The new trimmer was just released only moments ago. Wow. And we're the first to confirm the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Manscaping trimmer is now available for purchase. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest new features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. Man, 90 minutes? I, I, I hate to think about that. But anyway, they've upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with Quiet Stroke TM technology. And let's not forget about that charging stand. The intelligently designed stand is rapid charging dock powered by a USB. Maybe I could use it for my phone. <laughs> As I charge my phone in the car here. If you are listening to me speak right now, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Life-changing for a lot of people, I would hope. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLEAV at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code BLEAV. B-L-E-A-V. Now I'll move over to the defensive side of the ball here. I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the offensive lineman that it just wasn't a great day for Jason Strobridge. Still a good week overall for him, but lost some momentum today. A guy I did watch more of today that I hadn't seen a ton of on Tuesday and Wednesday was Bradley and A out of Utah. And he's a guy he's not going to win with power, really can't get off blocks when engaged, but he has excellent bursts to shoot gaps. He's very quick around the edge, and he does a nice job keeping clean with his hands, you know, punching and knocking the opponent's hands down so that they cannot control him. He understands that that is a weakness of his, and he plays to that. It was a good day for Bradley and A. Another good day for Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma. Really love his hand usage. We've talked about his athletic ability and his footwork as a bigger defensive tackle, but he has really had a nice week and definitely made himself some money and improved his draft stock. McTelvin Ajum from Arkansas, a guy who was at the Shrine game last week, got the call up to the Senior Bowl, showed a really strong bull rush, has a nice first step off the line, and once he gets that first step on opponents, it's really hard to stop his momentum because he does have very good strength. So it's a good day for McTelvin Ajum. Another solid day for Kenny Willickies as well, showing the ability to win both with power and with speed around the edge. So I've been impressed with Willickis after kind of a nondescript Tuesday. Trayvon Hill is what we've expected. Great burst and speed, good quickness off the edge, closes well to the ball as well. 
So he's had a solid week. He hasn't really stood out. He isn't a guy that's going to win with power, but again, showed off his athleticism here. Darian Daniels, really great push, really gets into the backfield nicely. So those are a couple of the standouts on the defensive line. Moving over to the linebackers here before we get into the secondary. It was another nice day from friend of the podcast, Josh Uche. Did a nice job picking up running backs in the flat. Showed the ability to scrape at middle linebacker as well, where the... Um, where the North team was using him. So he's really shown so much versatility this week that we never saw at Michigan because they didn't ask him to do it, which is kind of one thing with prospects. People want to say, oh, they can't do this, they can't do that. Well, a lot of times they're just not asked to do it. When Josh Uche was asked to do things that should be outside of his comfort zone this week, he really excelled. So an excellent week, and he's probably one of the biggest risers coming out of Mobile. I thought the best linebacker on the day was Ohio State's Malik Harrison. Very athletic, got very good depth, on his pass drops, showed off his ball skills. We mentioned K.J. Hill's one-handed grab. Malik Harrison made a one-handed interception in team about 15, 20 yards down the field. So he got nice stepped on his drop, read the route, and made a really nice play on the ball. He's quick into the flats to stick with running backs. And against the run, fills very nicely, quick to read and react plays. So I thought it was an excellent day for Malik Harrison. Logan Wilson, another guy who showed off good ball skills, had an interception in scrimmage, stays with his keys and follows the running backs, doesn't bite on too many play-action passes, understands his responsibilities, and plays to them. It was another tough day, though, for Evan Weaver out of Cal, stiff and flat-footed in coverage, which was the biggest concern for him coming into the week, questions he needed to answer, and unfortunately, he did not answer them. He even got washed out a couple times in the running game, throwing his shoulder into blocks rather than taking him on with his hands and trying to shed that way. Francis Bernard, a favorite of us on this podcast, the guy we talk about a lot, really gets stuck on blocks, tries to pick a side sometimes, understanding that he's not able to shed these blocks, makes it an easy read for the running back to either cut back or stick with their hole. So unfortunately, I feel like Francis Bernard continued his rough week, really didn't help himself here in Mobile. We'll move to the secondary now, though, Tony. What did you see from the defensive backs on the north? It was a tremendous day for Javaris Davis, the cornerback from Auburn, who, if you follow the story I reported on Pro Football Network, he was initially invited to the Shrine game. He was red flagged because of a concussion that he suffered during the team's bowl game. He did not go, or Auburn did not put him through concussion protocol, which meant the Shrine game could not let him play. He was a late invite here. He played. He was solid yesterday. He was terrific today. He was one of the few guys that was able to break up passes that were intended for James Prochet. It's turning out to be a positive, as I said on Twitter, that he didn't play in the Shrine game and that he's playing here at the Senior Bowl. I think Davis, I'd like to see him get his head back around a little bit more, locate the pass in the air, but he really played well today, as did two of the safeties, Josh Mattelis out of Michigan. Again, you know, a situation where he didn't get his head back around to locate the ball, but he broke up a number of passes. I counted at least four to five passes that he broke up, both in drills as well as in scrimmage. They were doing a lot of red zone drilling today. And Metellus, he was playing the, the receiver's hands, which, you you know, you don't want to see him do. But in the end, he was breaking up throws. So I thought it was a terrific day for uh, uh, for Metellus of uh of Michigan, as it was for Jeremy Chin of Southern Illinois. Again, he physically, he's very impressive looking. He's got some quickness. He's got some explosion. We know he's good against the run, and he's done a solid job all week against the pass. He really looks like he's belo- he belongs. On the other hand, it's really been a tough three days. 
for Sang Basie of uh, Wake Forest and Troy Pride of uh, Notre Dame, and they were not good today. Sang Basie keeps getting beaten up by opponents. Troy Pride was uh, beat a couple times, uh, not only by receivers that he was facing for the first time, but his own teammate uh, uh, Chase Claypool beat him. As well as uh, another was also a difficult day for Michael Jemadui of uh, Let's Iowa. Let's go Moj. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, of uh, Iowa, who I actually liked on film, uh, guy who cannot get his head back around, locate the pass in the air. Uh, one note, which I reported last night on Pro Football Network, Aloy Gilman went down with an injury uh, yesterday. It was turned out to be a significant hamstring strain. He's not in practice today. He's not going to play at the Senior Bowl. I spoke with Aloy last night. Told me it's going to be a couple of weeks before he can resume combine training. Now, the one interesting thing about the perspective we had on the field today is you can see these players up close and personal and two guys that Tony mentioned Jeremy Chin he is every bit the physical specimen that people have been talking about I mean he walks by you and you just say wow this guy is tall he is big he is well put together just really good physical ability there on Jeremy Chin and when he's saying Bassey walked by me I looked at his hands and they look like mine uh, you know, to be honest, I'm I'm a small guy. I'm about five foot seven. I was looking through cracks and trying to find openings to see what happened at practice today. But when I saw Asang Bassi's hands, I put mine in front of my face and I said, "He really doesn't have hands that much bigger than mine," which certainly isn't the only reason for his struggles this week. But it's not going to make life any easier for him at the next level. So you, you're saying no one's going to mistake you for Jeremy Chin? No, but they might mistake me for Asang Bassi. It's anything's possible. And that's it for episode number 115 of the Draft Analysts, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd be happy to answer on the show. Make sure if you haven't listened to our podcast from Tuesday's practices and Wednesday's practices, we have one each for the North and the South. This is our fifth podcast in the last two and a half days. Please go back and listen to those. A lot of good information there and a lot that you'll be able to take out of those in addition to this show. Now, we will be leaving for our flight right after the second practice today, so we won't have another podcast for you on Thursday. Keep an eye out for the South Report from day three sometime on Friday. We'll get that up for you and we'll make sure to let you know once that's all set. On behalf of Tony Pauline, I'm Chris Tripodi, and we'll talk to you soon.